I never grew up with educators that look like myself. So I feel like, honestly, like we are that new wave that make being wise, being smart, being educated cool, right? Wisdom is is a powerful tool, but oftentimes we might neglect it because of who it's coming from, you feel me? But if we can top it up with a young buck and really implant a seed, man, like that's, it's more than just education at that point, you know what I'm saying? What's going on, beautiful people? This is the Let's Grow Together podcast where diverse communities, individuals come to serve, connect, and grow in areas that they're most passionate about. Marcus, man, check in with us on this Monday. What's going on? Good afternoon, man. Yeah, and traditionally, we do it on Tuesday, man. That's Monday. And as everybody knows, there's some <laughs> there's some uphill battles that come on Monday, but know that we are pushing through, man. Um, aside from that, had a phenomenal weekend, man. We had a community day at one of our local church partners, tug of war, football, car show, video game truck, man, nothing but good jubilant energy, man. So aside from the, the what comes on Monday, man, feeling very vibrant, pushing through, man. How about yourself? What, what, what's, new, what's new with you, James? Man, bro, I, I love when we check in, man, because you, you be having so much stuff going on in the community that every time we tap in, it's like, man, I just had another event, man. We did this, we did that with the youth, man. So I, I'm loving that. I'm loving that energy you coming with. Man, but man, today I'm it's kind of crazy, bro. Um, Chicago weather is insane. Like today is literally supposed to snow, but then this weekend is supposed to be in the 70s, bro. Like literally in a four-day, well, you know, a week span, bro. It's gonna go from you know 40 degrees to 70. So that's crazy. So that's why I really got this hoodie on back in the office because it's a little, it's a little chilly. But uh man, <laughs> <laughs> man, weekend was good, bro. Um last Friday, you know, the guys we we had like a team building slash writing party um for something that we working on we got a new project that we working on so bro we went to um one of the the fancier hotels downtown chicago we was on like the 33rd floor had a couple suites um and we really just kind of you know chopped it up about what we're looking to execute on and then just really laying the groundwork for some of the stuff that we're trying to do and then also you know when the guys get together we gotta you know talk stuff um and kick it a little bit so it was a little bit of that man we went and got some dope food downtown chicago so it was really just a vibe, um, and then, <laughs> and then I'm not going to go too much in detail on this because I would rather have my my uh, business partner on the the call to talk about this in its entirety. But man, had a very crazy situation with the rental property, bro. Where, you know, to make a very long story short, somebody somehow got into the property, and we had to get the police involved to try to get them out, and they we didn't get them out. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's it's a whole deal. Um, and, and it goes back to those laws, you know, that you had sent me where it was like the police really can't do too much because it's more of a tenant um landlord type situation, but they're not even tenants, bro. Um, we could talk a little bit offline, but I'm not gonna get too much into that. Um hey, then, we need to have us a, a lawyer up here to dive into that next. That's something bro, to think about. <laughs> bro, like it was crazy, bro. Like I I didn't realize how many people we had in our network. Like Cody, bro, he he knows judges, he knows sheriffs. His 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 girlfriend is a well, his wife is a police officer. Her dad is a police officer. So, bro, like my my mentor, um, we're gonna have him on at some point. He works at a state farm agency. He owns property, so he has a a, a real estate attorney that he was talking to about a similar situation. So, bro, we just on the phone talking to different people about how could we go about this situation. But it's it's crazy, bro. Like it's literally. One of those stories that you have a whole podcast about because you wouldn't believe it unless you were there type vibe, bro. Like it's, it's like that. But, uh, man, last I know. Bro, 
lastly, bro, uh, you know, Saturday was sweetest day. I typically don't celebrate those little Hallmark holidays, but you know, any day that you know a king could get celebrated by his woman, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm take it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times we doing the <laughs> we doing the, the celebrating. Um, at least in my household, I'm doing a lot more celebrating of my girl than she does in me. It's not you know anything like that, but that's just typically how it goes, man. But I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Definitely, definitely. Not. It's it's not just you. It's all of us, bro. So <laughs> we right there with you, man. But um, again, squad, man, we, we have a phenomenal guest on, man. And I'm excited to introduce y'all to my dog. Um, He's actually a part of the Roots Mentoring Organization. He's the VP of the executive team. And this has a, a phenomenal story, which is very inspiring and motivating. Um, So really, without further ado, I want to introduce y'all to my brother, Mr. Casey. Casey, say what's good to the people for us. Good people, good vibes, good energy. How y'all doing? What's going on on this good Monday? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But Casey, tell the people, just give them a little synopsis, a little bit of background about yourself before we hop into it, bro. Um, You know, I'm just a brother, just hopping out of a situation uh, like most uh, young black men find themselves in, just striving to make impact, you know, getting my feet wet a little bit. Uh, Just got a message, just trying to be impactful as much as possible, been through some things just like most of our kids have, just like me, you, I, and every other black face that we see, you know, just been through some things, just striving to give back in any way possible. Respect, respect. So, man, I, one thing I just want to go ahead and start off with, man, just in knowing you, I know that uh, Malcolm X has a huge, just monumental impact, as you see, man, right? You told the people off jump, right? So I would just love for you to give us just a little bit of insight, man. What did Malcolm do for you? And dive into your situation when you really met Malcolm as well. Um, uh, I guess Malcolm really resonated with me just to realize that the story, his story lined up exactly with mine. Um, knowing that he'd been in the same situations that I've been in at a young age, been going from city to city, been, been involved around pimps, prostitutes, things of that nature. I just found that, you know, he wasn't some poster boy that we always looked, looked at when we was in school. Just, you know, being in certain situations, seeing his face, it was just more to him than that. He taught me real authentic manhood. He gave me moral principles, things of that nature. He just represented that authentic authoritative figure in my life, not to take anything away from my dad, because he, he was there, he was very hands-on, but when it came to guiding principles or, or shifting my vision when it came to a world perspective or just a community perspective, it was just my guy. You know, he, um, you know, like, like anything I say that can catch anybody's attention, I always, you know, I give it to the ancestors who show that I stand on, because my wisdom flow from there, so, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So what, when did you actually come in alignment with Malcolm, man? Let, let's dive into that a little more. Um, I actually came in alignment with Malcolm when I was about 21. Um, at that time, I probably been incarcerated uh, probably about five years, four years at that time. Um, actually, I was on lockup. And a lot of times, man, when you incarcerated, I'm not, you know, most black men go through these situations. We find ourselves in a cell where you got so much time on your hands, you kind of force you to deal with yourself. So, um, and then most of the time you have nothing to do but play chess and oftentimes read. It's a library card that come around when you want to, when you want to uh, isolate the situation. I remember a guy come around with the library card and the, and the book that I chose was just probably some murder suspense or something that, you know, just something that we used to, something we familiar with. But the book he chose for me was the autobiography on Malcolm X by uh, uh, Alex Haley. And, you know, that was the first time I actually got introduced to the real Malcolm X, not the 
you know, the poster boy Malcolm X or what they portrayed him to be in the media outlets. You know, I went, that's, and, you know, from that point on, he just it sent me on a fact-finding mission, you know, just to realize that he was just like you and I, went through the same situations, probably a little more rougher because of those days and times, but just to realize he done been incarcerated and his, just to know that his intellectual uh, capability came from his intense studies from being in prison. That was like, wow, you know, I never knew that black men can go to prison and actually make it to university. That was like, that kind of like did it to me. I wanted to be just like that. That was me, you know, that, that kind of. For sure, bro. Man, it's crazy. After we, we chopped it up the other day, man, you had me pretty much go tap back into the book because I had, you know, I read it in, in its entirety, but there were pieces of it that I, I couldn't remember. And I wanted to make sure that I was, I was on point for the call. But just like you were saying, bro, Malcolm was no different from any of us. Probably had it worse than a lot of us, right? Where, you know, he was around the pimps, the prostitutes. He was robbing and stealing. He was, you know, doing drugs. He was doing all these other things. But Malcolm got, you know, got in lock. He got locked up. He was in that situation. And just like you, you know, he started to read because Malcolm X would tell anybody if he was alive today that, you know, he didn't get any degree from any university. His degree came from studying and, and, and while he was incarcerated. So, you know, first and foremost, I want to ask you, like, what led up to, you know, you ending up being in that situation, being incarcerated? And what did you learn from that? Um. Well, actually, led up to it, just I would like I always say it's just blind loyalty. You know, we come up under this preconceived notion that you gotta have homies or your partners, you know, back. You no, know, regardless of the situations they find themselves in, then you find yourself obligated to someone else's situation. That was my story. It was never a situation where I created for myself because you know I was going to school, I was doing these things at that age, but you know I was still getting off the school bus like most of our inner city kids still going to the hood, doing the things that we do in the neighborhood, right? So my situation just, you know, was just out of blind, blind, blind loyalty, knowing where it could have landed me, but still making that decision just off the strength that that was, you know, like family. So, you know, that kind of is what brought me to that situation. And you said you were how old when you first got incarcerated? T tell us from that, because I know that that's something I hear often, man, really just being robbed of that youth, man. So I really want you to dive into that a little bit more for it. So it's really, it's really, it's really, it starts before the incarceration. It's at the, the 20th century started at 17. But, you know, it was trial and error before then. You know, I, you know, my first time incarceration was at the age of 13. You know, and then again at 14, then again at 15, and then that final time at 17. So it was like, it was all, it was like a, a um, you know, I always say that group homes and juvenile facilities prepare us for prison. You know, it's just the initiation process, if you actually think about it, because once you go to a juvenile facility, it's just like prison, just you're just older now. That's it. It's just more violence, more aggression. But, you know, the situ the setup doesn't, doesn't change, you know. So, you know, it's things that led up to that before I actually caught that 20 year sentence at 17. So mm. definitely, definitely. Uh, so how did that impact you just being again? You said you got incarcerated at 17. How do you now have your mommy asking? Say that again. How old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 36. Now I'm all the way to chapter 37. Okay. So how did that impact you, man? Really just being a young, jubilant teen, you know what I'm saying? To, to now, right? I feel like there was a specific portion or gap that was missed out on, man. Just chime in on that a little bit. Um, There's a huge gap. Um, I still struggle with that now. You know what I'm saying? I still, I'm talking about 
I still struggle with the fact that I lost so much time and then coming home two years ago and as a 36, 37 year old man, I don't have, I haven't been exposed to certain experiences. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not upset that I went through that because I gained so much in the process. But you know, things like um, <laughs> having a brain freeze, Paul. Though, rephrase question, bro. So I just wanted to know what what. Obviously, there was some some form of gap, right, from from being 17 to where you are now, and the system had a lot to do with that. So my question for you is, how has it impacted you just mentally being a grown man now, right? Okay. What are some different components that come with that? Okay, I got your question now. Um, now it's you know I found purpose in that in that in that journey. Um, I guess if that's the, if this, that's the question you asked, like, well, how did it impact? I found I found purpose in the journey. One thing that I did do was sat down and had a got a chance to figure out who I was, what I was, and what was my why. What can I do from this situation uh, now that it is what it is, and how can I prepare myself for the time when I got out like I am now? So, you know, just me being able to be a part of Roots and being able to uh, actually be impactful or come up with ideas and joint effort to get into the community and actually be impactful, like, it's just that whole phase from 17 to 34 was like a, I was very studious, just took trial and errors. I never ran into nobody that looked like me that was that has like scholarship uh intellect. You know what I'm saying? And when I ran into those brothers, I just wanted to be just like me. It's just a journey. It's just things that I had to do in the process. Never lo I lost myself. Just had to stay disciplined through the process. Just pick up things, read, continuously read, study, be active, engage in everything that I had to do just to put me in a better position now. That's you know, pretty much led nah, to, you know, that dope. gap. If I try to wrap up. Nah, that's, that's dope, bro, man. Kudos to you. you. You mentioned, like, being in solitude, you had to kind of face yourself and, and truly get to know who you were as an individual. And you also spoke about your why. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about that. Like, what is your why? What are you most passionate about? And what drives you to get up every morning? Um... My wife actually found, you know, um, I don't want no other child uh, that looked like me to actually fall into the system. The fact of the matter, it, it's going to happen, but it's like, how can I be, what can I create or what can I contribute to this struggle that we find ourselves in? Because we're in a system of mass incarceration. You know, that that's just the system that was set up after slavery. Is The fact of the matter is, is the statistics say you got three black boys out of five that's going to end up with some type of conviction on their record. So my my mission is to bring awareness to these systems that's actually unforeseen in the physical. Cause you can't, you know, that's one thing, that's one thing that's hard about fighting what we're going through because we can't, oftentimes we can't see it. And how can you fight something that we can't directly identify with? So it's like, you know, my, my mindset now is to how can I, be more informational about these systems that's out here that's set up just for me, you, and everybody else that look like us. I don't like to say systems of oppression because, you know, it's kind of sensitive, but I say systems of stagnation. You know what I'm saying? Because that first, like I said, that first conviction, that's the beginning stages of disenfranchisement, and they get us young, very young. So, you know, that's, that's the mission now is to save or impact as many young lives as possible so they won't find themselves in a downhill spiral and not being forced to come from the back end like I am. I'm just now being able to find myself out here in society. 
You know, you go through that trial and error all that time and you create who you are back there in prison. Then you get out here and realize that's not who you are. You got to start all over again. It's a whole nother mission. But how can I, you know, keep the same founding principles that I discovered in tech just being out here? So it's just a lot going being there with trying to juggle and just act like my, I like assert myself in certain situations I find myself in. Definitely, definitely. And, and working with the youth and having that background and that experience, right? I know oftentimes youth in which we deal with, right? Everybody want to be hard. Everybody want to be the hardest one, right? How, how does that give you another perspective to talk to them, right? To really shed that light to say, listen, this isn't really the route. Um, first of all, yeah, I, for some reason, I, I love kids that got that disposition, that hard body. Like, you know, ain't nobody telling me nothing, chest out, beating on my chest type of attitude, right? Because, you know, I was, I ain't gonna say I came off as that as a child, but I had it in. So these are the kids that I kind of targeted now because oftentimes they're misunderstood like I was. They just need some, they don't know how to express themselves. That's, that's like we have just had this real talk ses session on channeling emotions. And a lot of times these 16, 17, 18 year old kids, some even adults can't even channel like compartmentalize their emotions and then be able to redirect that in something that's gonna be productive or that's gonna put them in a position to grow from it or however they feeling. So my, my, my objective is now I play hard body role with them. That's a good method that I got. If I get them hard body little dudes, they be bigger than me, but you know, I'm hard, I go hard body too. You know what I'm saying? But oftentimes in our community, we respect aggression and it's crazy for some reason when you know I, we are already aggression and then when you're older and you're trying to meet aggression with aggression quietly I, I found it that it's very like balancing like they respect aggression and as you know it is sad it's like a, a, a passive aggressive approach if, if I can say that it's not totally aggressive for my end more mine is more like a passive aggression especially if they're aggressive they tend to kind of respect that because you know you just got to be authentic it's it's it's, it's you know, it's a method to this trying to penetrate these children because they're going through the most, man. You can't not. A lot of these don't have fathers. A majority of them don't have fathers. And sometimes they don't even have mothers. You know, they they fended for themselves. It's so much that's going on in their young minds. So we can't expect them to know how to respond to all these systems that's in place that's meant to keep them feeling how they feeling now. Their daddy might be, my, you know, our daddy might be 56. He angry. He mad. He frustrated. I'm 36. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. You 26. He's 16. It's just a trickle effect. Everybody mad. Everybody frustrated. So it's like when did we, we just got to come up work with working ideas and methods to actually cope with what we're dealing with. Because we still got a journey. Man. It's a struggle. It's protracted. We got somewhere we're trying to go. You know what I'm saying? Just because little brother mad and upset don't mean I don't need him. I just got to figure out a way to drop that disposition he got, that guard he got and let them know that you are powerful and we need you. So it's all about just figuring it out. It ain't about the personality and the struggle. You know, all the time we get caught up in the personality of a person and not realize it's not even about the personality. We got one aim, one objective, one heart, one destiny, one goal. So you just just try to stay creative in the process. Now that's that's real, bro. Um, A couple of things you said, it hit home because like the work that we do in the communities that we do the work in, like there are a lot of at-risk and high-risk youth. So youth that are um, potentially, um, like have the potential to get locked up or are not far removed from being locked up or involved in things that could lead to them getting locked up, or maybe they have some credit deficiencies in school, they're at alternative schools. Um, and so a lot of them, like you said, may not have fathers at home, sometimes may not have mothers, but for those that do have the mothers in the household, they are channeling a lot of this feminine energy and so like they need a man to kind of come in and 
and be hard body with them because that's the only thing that they, excuse me that they'll they'll respect simply because they they're not used to that and when they get that that kind of energy from somebody and especially when it's in it's from somebody that looks like them that can truly truly relate to them man it's it's it's, it's unmatched bro like the impact that you can t- truly have with a kid um because you know i i experienced that all the time with some of the kids that i work with and they just like man, you, you don't understand me. Like, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've been through. And I'm like, no, like I might look all good to you today, you know, all dressed up nice today, but I'm like, but we went through some stuff. And if I made it to the other side of this, I'm pretty sure that you can't. So I love the fact that um, you use your experience to, to, to educate the youth, but also you're giving them a perspective that, you know, what it looks like on the other side, because like we said, a lot of folks want to be hard body, but you, you know, everybody want to be gangster till they meet a gangster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Right. And we actually had a situation of that, James. And Casey, I know you know exactly what I'm referring to, bro. At the field day, we had this young buck. Well, he was, I think he was about 16. We Obviously, we were doing flag football. He's a little bit older than the other kids. Man, I'm talking about he out here, Derrick Henry, stiff arm, and like throwing heads in the ground, like going crazy. But we had a pool, bro, side, like, yo, down. And um, crazy thing is, I ended up connecting with his his mother. He ended up being adopted. Okay. And the mom told me, watch out for him. Like, like check up on him prior to. But it was like 50 kids out there. I don't know which, which you know what I'm saying, which one in, in particular. So in the midst of doing all that, I ended up going and talking to the mom and literally found out it was her. And he, we just, like, literally sat down and had a little conversation, man. And to Casey's point, man, you kind of, he needs that masculine energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. He had to be kind of flexed on for it to really hit him. But then at the end, once you flex on him and let him know, but look, bro, I, I still love you regardless, but we can't get down like that. Yeah. He was a receptive. It took a while, right? He went he went away. He came back. He watched in the cut. But again, man, he was really able to retain it. And to Casey's point, some people, you got to be able to hit him with that, man. So that's spot on, Casey. That's, that's beyond spot on. Hey, another point I just wanted to chime in with and get a little bit of your thoughts on. One thing I always really hear you referring to is, is, is the Black Panther Party, right? And obviously that, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with MLK, but also the Nations of Gods. So I really love for you to kind of just give me a look, give us a little bit of insight on that and how that attributed to you as well. Um, the Nations of Gods and Earths, um, I don't want to disrespect or upset any official member of it because to become official member of it, you have to take that journey to an official school, which they have them spread it out throughout different states. Uh, throughout the U.S. And you just got to be able to stand on these degrees, the body of lessons that we recite and be, in the, be able to expound on them, educate people with them. And then you get a button to wear on your lapel of the coat, which qualify you to actually educate using this cur- the, uh, curriculum that we was given. But um, um, the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Gods and Earth, formerly known as the Five Percenters, you know, it all ties in hand in hand. You know, the, the lessons are the man that Malcolm actually became was actually, you know, built from this same uh, curriculum. So um, um, the Nation of God's Earth, we are a nation that work with anybody. You know, we, we, we this is a particular degree that we stress. We are here to teach knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to all human families of the planet Earth because we big on education. We know and understand that education literally means to bring out what's within. You know what I'm saying? We are all dealing with trauma. We all need to be healed. And what is actually healing, the love heals things. And the only way to heal is to get to know yourself so you can figure out what part of you you need to heal. So it's it's, it's one profound lesson that I stand on. Uh, we stand on mathematics. 
and um math supreme these mathematics. mathematics that we huh say that again no i was saying the supreme mathematics yeah yeah supreme mathematics and with these supreme mathematics ain't nothing but a numeral system from zero to nine there's no number greater than nine everything after nine is just an add-on so with these these numeral numeral systems is concepts and principles with each one and then once we learn them we figure it figure out how to apply it to everything we do say for instance if like the first body of lessons that i'm talking about now which is student enrollment they have the the the, the, the first degree says who is the original man that's wallace far muhammad asking elijah muhammad that question Elijah Muhammad had to go on a fact-finding mission, which is to the Library Book of Congress, to come up with this answer, who is the original man? And he came up with, the original man is the Asiatic Black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, father of civilization, and god of the universe. This is a recitation. This is not my own research. So what I had to do is go research, do the knowledge, put, take that knowledge. Knowledge is to know, look, listen, observe, but ultimately respect at the end. So I had to go do the knowledge, look, listen, observing, doing going my own journey to figure out who is the original man it led me to myself you know what i'm saying i had to figure out what was original about me from my genetic dna to my spirituality to everything about me that what made me original what does it mean to civilize or the uh, civilize the planet earth it's just a lot of things that came with that malcolm x said i love this quote he said the greatest reward for one's research is history because when you go on that journey to figure out who you are you're going to find so many other things that encompasses that because there's no culture or tradition that don't inhabit the black man or the black woman. So you're going to find so much other stuff just researching who you are, where you come from, not just from your my 36 years. That was because trauma is passed on. History is passed on through your DNA. All these things is passed on. So you got to go on that mission, man, put in some work to figure out what is going on with, with I and you'll come up with some things. <laughs> That's powerful, bro. That's powerful. So what like if you could give give us a little insight into the into the uh, Supreme Mathematics, what is what is like? Because you said it was like one through nine and there's no number higher than now. Like if you if you don't mind, give us a little insight into that. Oh, uh, OK. Like the first the first degree in the Supreme Mathematics is knowledge. That's one. You have one. But that one represents knowledge. And we are, we're, they give breakdown, actual breakdown, like what is knowledge? Knowledge is to know by looking, listening, observing, and also respecting. It's like five power points. Because we always say knowledge is power. But I always say knowledge isn't power. The utilization is knowledge is power. You feel that's what I'm key. saying? <laughs> that's, that's, that's key. The utilization is, if you can break down power, you look at the stars, it got five points on the star. You look at the words in power, it's five words. These, this, this five, this, this five is, kind of more like, you know, more uh, profound than most people, you know, you know, stand on. But to get back to the first degree, like if I'm saying that I want to study this, if it's a particular subject or object or thing I do not know about, I have to apply what? That first principle, which is knowledge. Knowledge is to what? What is knowledge? To know by what? Looking, listening, observing, analyzing, all these things, why, when, who, where, until you come up with the information that you're looking for, apply reason to it, whether you agree with it or not, ultimately respect it and then move on. <laughs> but the second one would be wisdom. It, it, it's, it's these numbers, the number, the numeral system is the same things that we use every day. We just put concepts around it so we can be more intentional about what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? We, like knowledge relates to you and I. You know, just like we say, knowledge is the foundation of everything in existence. Like so before it is in the physical, is is first perceived in the mind. It's the thought must first be perceived in the mind before it is made manifested in the physical. 
right? So we said that knowledge is the foundation of everything in existence, no matter what it is. Knowledge is the foundation of everything in existence. So is the black man. The black man is the foundation of all human families' existence. You see the, the commonality in it, mm -hmm. the symbolism mm -hmm. in it. Same thing like the sun. The sun is the soul, is the foundation of the solar system. The black man and the sun and knowledge have three things that's in common. You feel what I'm saying? We are the foundation that uh, our women and children stand on. The sun is the foundation from which the other planets project, and then you know, you know, things of that nature, so on and so forth. We just we just gotta find that commonality within think nature, the universe, and ourselves. And mathematics is what helped me do do that. You know, supreme mathematics, just applying them in everything that I do. Slow down. And I I get it wrong at times because you know it's, it's human error, but just striving to be more intentional about the things that I learn with these principles and concepts, you know, and how can I incorporate incorporated in my life every day. Man, you you definitely have a have a story, man. And one one thing that very, very much captured me is realizing like this, you're very much in the midst of your journey, right? And uh I, as I tell James all the time, man, just really realizing that I'm in the midst of the trenches is very uh it's it's awesome to see you just be as reflective as you you have been, man. One thing I really picked up on is the very militant vibe. Right. I think I think oftentimes oftentimes it's perceived as a negative energy, but I, I you have a phenomenal spin that comes with it, man. I think, again, just seeing you work with the youth, being able to really impart to them it has been very impactful for me just to see from another black man standpoint. So definitely just want to give you your flowers in regard to that. But um, my, my next question is, what are you really striving to at this point in time, man? Like just from a, from a life goal perspective, you have a lot of knowledge, you have a lot of insight. What's what's one specific goal in which you're just consistently working to at this point in time and putting a lot of those principles and mindsets uh, into at this moment? Um, honestly, first and foremost, I'm working on myself. Um, if I can be honest with you guys in the audience, I struggle with a lot of things. That's why we say mental health is real. So I strive to realize that I just recently two years out from a 18 year situation. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you don't just get uh you know readjusted within a 24 month time span right because it's a lot of firsthand experiences so outside of me just making sure i got my emotional intelligence intact my spirituality intact my you know things that i need to maintain out here in this pressure because this pressure out here is too it's a whole different pressure out here versus being out there because the responsibilities as a man but objectively going forth I'm striving to build my platform. Um, right now, I go to the gym a lot, so I'm striving to be, do personal training, striving to launch this podcast. Uh, I got a, a whole lot of ideas for podcasting. I want to get better at speaking. I want to do uh, it's a few things I got going, just ideas. It's just get taking the time and actually getting it done, you know? So um, that's pretty much it as far as what I got going on right now, other than just get more hands-on experience with whoops and everything they got to offer. <laughs> now that was that was a perfect segue because I I really want to know like how did you how did you get in, involved in roots like how did you and Marcus connect? Um, what did he reach out to you? Did you just see what he was doing in the community? Like how did that relationship form? Actually, it formed from my fiance. Uh, she uh have a nephew who is I think a frat brother of his and. She connected me with her nephew, which is a phenomenal brother who was doing great things himself, and which led me to Marcus. And then, you know, me and Marcus kind of collaborated from there. And we just took all the kudos and shout out to Roots, man, because if it wasn't for Roots, I wouldn't be doing 
none of the things that I got going on now because I'm not from the city that we're in now. And just me being able to stand in the midst of the trenches, it took everything in me because I was like I was dying in the inside because I felt like I wasn't getting to the things that I wanted to do because I didn't, you know, I didn't know nobody. I was just coming out of prison. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a network, the resources, the context that I needed to actually put a family on my back. You know, my, I had a child on the way with just so much going on. But I ran into, uh, you know, Marcus Villa, the fiance, her nephew. So it's just been, you know, on from there. Man, but you you, you really mentioned something. And honestly, man, it's, it's been an honor to, to work and collaborate with you. But I think to your point, there's so many people who get out of, you know, incarceration, have a burning passion but mentally, they're not in a position to just go out there and, you know, be open to society, right? So I know this is a, a very prevalent, this consistent issue that pre people probably have. Luckily, you were able to have some people in your network to really lean in and, and tap into, right? But I want to ask you, what has your, your new network in which you kind of find yourself being surrounded around uh, really done for you in developing and blossoming you and getting a little bit more acclimated to society? Oh man! First of all, uh, I use my certain pe uh, pieces in my network for my therapy. Uh, my therapy is going amazing because I couldn't do it without bro, certain brothers in my corner to help me get through trials and tribulations. Just actually getting out here, trying to reactivate myself as a man. But um, just the network now, man. You know, I'm, I'm striving to find out what can I actually do with my network because I have amazing, beautiful brothers, creative brothers, brothers on a mission, getting things done every day, all day. But my mindset is, how can I actually actualize my networking resources? You know what I'm saying? So you know, but it's just you know the brothers that I've been working with lately. You know, like I said, I've come from a space where I didn't see these type of brothers. So every time I get amongst brothers like y'all, it's like I get that energy. Like yeah, I, we, we, you know, it's like I, you know, how I get. I'm excited. You know, I get real excited, real passionate because we moving in unison. Like I said, when you see multiple brothers that's a part of a multiple organizations that got their own thing doing, and as you see black faces, oh my God, man, it's that unity is what we missing. You know, unity heals things, man. Unity breeds love. Unity, you know, breeds loyalty. Unity, you know what I'm saying? So we can get a lot of things when everything tied together. So, you know what I mean? So, yes, just trying to get more actualized, like actualize my network and resources. Now, I got it now, and it's come more to come, but more so, you know, I'm coming from the back end. Like I said, I'm still getting familiar with technology. I'm still getting familiar with so much stuff. It's like, oh, I got to relearn these things all over again or just learn it all over again. And that's dope, man. And I think I think you want a perfect like you on the right path, bro, just simply because like you are a servant at heart. Like it seems like the things that you do in the community, the things that you even, you know, do with your, you know, the network of guys that you you working with, because you even just said like, man, they're your therapy. We literally just dedicated a whole episode to like the, the mastermind and being able to go into these rooms or go into these meetings and be recharged by a mastermind because we understand like, bro, like without the collective, like we really can't move the needle forward the way that we need to. Um, but in what you were just saying, you even talked about a bit of trauma. Um, and, and I know when we talked offline, you talked about, um, you know, a little bit of your upbringing and how uh, you dealt with like moving around a lot, like share a little bit of that. Cause I think I still want the listeners to really get a little bit of insight of like why you do the things that you do today. And it didn't just happen by chance. Like this was divine time and a divine effort um, working in your favor. So talk a little bit about your childhood and like what led you to doing the work that you do right now. Okay. Yeah, definitely. My childhood, my 
all was very unstable. Like, you know, like when I mean, we weren't the military family. Like we didn't travel like because well, I had parents in the military. I just had the freedom to roam from state to state because I had a parent that was in one state and another parent that was in another state. So and then I was from a whole other state. So it was like I got real familiar with with three to four to five different states at a real early age and just not having no stability, man, you will lose focus. Like any child need uh, discipline, structure, and a little bit controlled or somebody to oversee to make sure they are manifesting what they need to do as our babies. But not to take away from things from my parents, but you know how we get, you know, I was hard headed. I was wanting, you know, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And when certain parents wanted to go, wasn't going for it, they land a law down or we was call ourselves leaving or running away or just wasn't coming back so we can do what we wanted to do. But with that, the unstability just threw me off because I found myself out there striving to vibe, to survive, put myself in situations I didn't even have to be in because I had a mom in the day. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to do a lot of the things that I found myself in. It was just that yo, I wanted to be do what I wanted to do at a certain age. And as parents, like they supposed to, they just wasn't going for it. And I had a mom that was in, from South Carolina that moved to North Carolina. And when she wasn't, she wasn't going for it, I slide and go to Maryland. Hop on the Greyhound 13, 14 years ago, get an adult to give me a ticket and just go to Maryland. Pop up, call him at a payphone, like pops come pick me up at, and I'm at the DC. Uh, uh, at Union train station. He like, what? You know, and that continued. And, and that's why I think it, it eventually landed me incarcerated in multiple different states at a juvenile. North Carolina, Cumberland County right here, um, Maryland Juvenile Detention Centers, and then on here to South Carolina, just not, not having that discipline, that structure. And I crave that now. That's why I'm family oriented now. I do everything for my family. You know, I'm, I'm striving to patch anything together that I can to make sure my family is intact because I didn't have it. I love structure because I didn't have it. And I know what structure gave me. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. Like, yo, you know, any child that's raised without structure gonna be, you know, they just gonna be running, running wild. You know what I mean? You don't want an unstructured child because they become unstructured adults. You know what mm, I'm saying? So facts. Mm. Hey, that's good, my boy. That's good. I'm sitting here just thinking, like, man, I remember I had a little phase where I just thought I could do whatever I wanted, man. And literally, know. if it wasn't for my dad to like jerk me up and sit me down, like, nah, like it ain't going like that. It would be a whole different scene, bro. So, like, I, I believe me, that really resonated hit home with me, man. That that stability, that that uh discipline, and again, really just seeing a tangible example too, bro. Not just not just somebody talking at you, but you see how they moving and they living, right? And I know James and I, when we really connect, we had that grandfather. You know what I'm saying? We had that predominant black male figure that was like, worst case scenario, we never want to piss them off. You know what I'm saying? We never want to let them down, like. So again, man, we have that to contribute to. And that makes a lot of sense why that's your why. You are that example. And uh, again, man, kudos to you for that. Now, one component you really mentioned is uh, having having the young buck as well, man. Ha having the, the young seed and you got a young king, man. That's huge. So what type of elements are you really uh, focused on in developing him as a young king, knowing you've seen all the trials and tribulations you have? Um, key. You know, I got a young king. His name is Solar. You know, that was really intentional about naming him. Uh, we didn't just want to give him any name. We want to give him an attribute to live out and manifest in the best way possible. Not from our definition, but from his definition, his understanding, as long as it's right and exact. But these things that we got to work from the beginning, I just want to be able to initially make sure he control his emotions, man. Like, from the root, I want him, I need him to understand that from the beginning. And that takes me understanding minds because he's seeing here everything that I do. 
You know what I'm saying? I ain't perfect. I don't got it wrong in front of him a few times already, but I'm more so more conscious and t- intentional now about napping any type of tension that may come from my family, household, like may come from family, just being intentional about disciplining myself, checking my emotion, compartmentalizing and refiltering out in a way where that it can be conducive to whoever I'm speaking to or it can be received to whoever I'm speaking to. But I just want to make sure that, you know, he's loved on, nourished the proper way and he has his emotions intact before he leave this household at five, six years old. You know what I'm saying? Because if he don't have that emotion in check, and don't know how to articulate himself in a proper way, then, you know, things can go terribly left. So that's my primary focus right now, just making sure I'm here every single day with a visual or, like, being the example. Like, you know, I'm priding myself on that. My father, a father of eight, he and, every, he and everybody, like, and I got to say that because that's a black man. <laughs> so he and everybody, like, so, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. I, I love your story, man. I think all three of us can agree that stability and discipline is super important. Um, I kind of share a similar background where I moved about 14 times before I was in the fifth grade. Um, and and that's when, you know, Marcus, we talked about this offline. That's when I ran away and moved in with my, my paternal grandmother's husband. And that's what changed my life after he provided certain, you know, um, stability for me. So I truly understand like what it's like to like have the freedom to make the decision that you would like to at a very early age and not really feel the pressure of like getting it right or getting it wrong, just really just living life. And sometimes you make mistakes in that, man. But I'm, man, it's, it's been a pleasure, you know, having this conversation with you because um, it's even given me, a, like, I don't have any kids yet, but it just has me thinking like, man, when that time comes, I got to be very intentional about the example that I set because, you know, as a man, you, you, you spoke on it several times, like, Managing your emotions and controlling your emotions and controlling your thoughts is super important because that is how you get to the next level. That is how you lead by example. That is how you become the man that you want to manifest. So, so kudos to you, brother Casey, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate yes, you. And man, thank you for sharing the story. And family, again, man, to, to James point, hey, Casey, man, there's a lot of different content. There was a lot of different insights shared here, man. I think we could already take going forward. And just knowing that at the end of the day, man, the, the discipline and generally being able to pass it on, regardless of what trials and tribulations you went through, how can you make it better for the next generation? And Casey is definitely a testimony of that, man. So thank y'all as always, family. Y'all know what it's always about. Casey, where can, where can they where can they find you? Right, I, I know we're gonna have to catch in that end, but like, t- tell us a little bit, man. How, how can they how can they tap in with you? Uh, you can find me on uh, social media platform, um, Facebook, Casey Intel the Builder more, and uh, the Instagram is Intel the Builder, Intel underscore the Builder. Intel the Builder, that's that's where you can find them, man. Well, again, family, thank y'all as always. Uh, the goal is always to take note, but most of all, it's always to let's grow together. You see the pun? You see how we did that? Yeah. But, uh, but family, <laughs> until next time, we appreciate y'all. From me and James, much love. Y'all be blessed. Thank you, family.